Hey everyone, Daniel here again. I want to thank you guys so much for your outpour and your support of our coverage of Gangs of London. I do want to say that Peaky Blinders coverage is not going anywhere. For the time being, we're doing a ton of gossip talk, conjecture, guessing, predictions over at patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. You can click the link in the show notes. Just head over to patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. Josh and I do need to, you know, pay some bills. And while Peaky's not on air, we figured we'd hit you guys with some Gangs of London talk from a few months ago, and that's what we continue to do. Episode 5 coming up now. It was a blast to cover, so I'm excited for you all to hear it. Those of you that weren't Patreon, because we covered this show, Gangs of London, live on Patreon. But for just $5 a month, you can help us out. You can listen to more gossip. We do have a couple interviews lined up for the next few months, so we're excited to give that to you right here on our free Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to it right here on the By Order of the Peaky Blinders podcast. But over on Patreon, Josh and I are covering other shows like The Queen's Gambit with Gina from Peaky Blinders. We're covering a little bit of Fargo. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, I'm loving a show called Raised by Wolves right now, but enough of the rambling and on. I'll get you to episode five of Gangs of London coverage coming up now. We made it halfway through Gangs of London. We're covering season one, episode five here on By Order of the Peaky Blinders, along with Josh Levy. I'm Daniel Gilman once again. Thanks so much for joining us here on this gorgeous quarantine morning. In, uh, are we in May? Is that, is that the month we're in, Josh? Uh, it's so hard to keep track. I think we are. I don't even know at this point, but uh, this show has definitely gotten us through this quarantine. I'm, I'm so happy that we found it because without it, we'd be pretty bored, honestly. Yeah, I, I am without a doubt on board. I'm a fan. This episode was phenomenal. I, it's so hard to do a bottle episode. It's just... It's just one of those things that shows shy away from Josh because it's not easy. Was there one episode of Peaky Blinders that didn't have Tommy Shelby? Not that I recall. Maybe not as much of Tommy Shelby. but No, I don't think there was one episode of Peaky Blinders. And hit me. Hit me with my corrections, please, listeners, if I'm wrong. But I don't think there was one episode of Peaky Blinders that didn't revolve around Tommy. Every single episode, the plot was something with the Shelby family, the main characters, and this one, what they did here, they took a page out of, you know, Seinfeld, they took a page out of, you know, many famous shows where they just do a Breaking Bad style thing where you take away, you do an episode, low budget, that's what a bottle episode is, where you don't include any of the main characters, and you mainly base it around something else, and Gareth Evans, the co-creator, directing his second episode of the season here, I think he knocked it out of the park. It had, you know, themes of horror, mystery, you know, drama, action, all of it. And it, it, it you know, threw in a little bit of comedy with Evie as, as she was a hilarious character. It's, it's going to be one of the easier episodes that we break down, Josh, because there's just one plot line. There's not a bunch of webs going on. Of course, there's the huge reveal at the end that Asif's son, Javon, who's running for mayor, Seems to be behind all of this shit. He hired the Danes. And so we can kind of just start from there, start from the back. Wait, I don't think that was Asif's son at the end. Okay, so let's, let's talk about it. I, I seem to 
think it was the same. That was guy. not. That wasn't him. That was the guy at the party. The guy at the party wasn't the guy who was making the speech. Okay, so you know, I I I thought so when I watched it, and then I read a review, and it said that that it was Asif's son. So now I'm a little confused. So it's the guy at the party from the last episode. It might be another son. Like they might like maybe we don't know. We we weren't really too sure who Javon was. We kind of just saw him in that one at that one party. But it would make sense that it maybe is another Asif son because they are very well off and they do have a lot of influence and power. And so they would make some sense. But it wasn't the same son that was giving the speech that Sean was looking at in the hospital in the hospital room. It wasn't the same son that um, was giving that speech to those to those people in the auditorium. In my opinion, I don't know. That's just me, but that's that's what I thought because they look completely different. No, this I one agree. Has like more of a, yeah, I, I agree with you, and and I think that I am am wrong. But at right. the same time, I'm I'm hoping that you know the reviews that I'm that I'm banking on here to go over some of this stuff wouldn't leave me so astray. And I'm looking it up, and Javon's last name is Kapadia, and Asif doesn't have a last name, so it's hard to really go one on one. And so I. Uh, I think I, I could definitely be wrong here. I'm trying to look up to see if there's a different actor that plays the son, you know, where like that would be the big difference maker if there was an actor that played the guy running for mayor as opposed to the, the bearded fellow. But regardless, we can just dive right in. I can get some corrections. Please hit me with, with corrections because I, I, uh, I'm not 100% confident with my take here and I'm not necessarily sure i do think that they're somewhat related to asif because asif's been the one that's kind of been been the bad apple of the whole entire of of all the players and this guy seems like he's a bad apple that's trying to like you know move strings around in the wrong way and fuck over the the wallaces and and everyone else so it it wouldn't surprise me if they're in cahoots with asif i don't think that's asif's son but i guess we can kind of move on from that okay no i think it i think you're correct because i think nasir is the one running for mayor. Okay. Okay. So it's tough because I can't do a lot of Googling because you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to find out who dies. Exactly. The whole season's out. So I I have to just go to the IMDB. No, but the thing with the the thing with the IMDB thing is that even sometimes they show a little glimmer of, Oh, they're only in six episodes. Like, Oh, well he's dead. Right. So you have, what you have to do is you, you have to go to the specific episode on IMDB. So it doesn't show how many episodes they were in. It just shows what their character's name was. Still though, it's, it's, it's treacherous waters. Yeah. Let's, let's reset there. Now, I guess I gave away my prediction. I'm pretty sure that Asif is behind it in one way or the other, whether he's pulling the strings or not, but we can go through the episode now for anyone that was confused. I think Josh has corrected me that the, the man on the phone at the end of this episode who was the one who welcomed Alex and Ed to that elite party last episode is Javon, who we think might work for us if we're not sure. But let's, let's kind of dive into the episode because there was more confusion in the very beginning. Were you confused when we had this flashback that we weren't sure if it was a pl- flashback or not because it had the two bumbling idiots who, you know, staged the killing of Finn. It was Darren and his, you know, skinny derelict of a friend the accomplice digging up that gun lining up that rich future and then we basically just get a movie from then on with you know darren and mal and finney and the wolves and all that and it was just it was incredible it was it was it was very good um i'm kind of annoyed that they that they picked this darren character to be the guy who carried out everything he's too much of an idiot he's like he's he's like as you say he's a bumbling idiot um it, it makes me frustrated that like kind of he's the catalyst of it all, but I guess that's the point is that like 
Yeah, they this, wanted to pick someone that was dumb. This mogul, like this, this powerful mob gang mogul, was killed by a nobody, and that kind of just shows like how crazy it all is. But um, throughout the episode, we see him. He's a, he's a panicker. Uh, he he wants to he 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 gains a relationship with uh, Evie. He, he likes her. He wants to stay and help out the house. They kind of figure out who he is and who he killed, and they want nothing to do with him. They want absolutely nothing to do with him because. It seems like everyone knows who the Wallaces are. Everyone knows, everyone knows the caliber of the death of Finn Wallace, and they know that death is kind of imminent and coming towards them. The second they find out who he killed, they're panicking themselves. And that kind of is the theme of the episode is, oh, you killed Finn Wallace? We're dead. And that's what ended up happening. Yeah, she freaked the fuck out. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the Evie character. Her arc in this episode was phenomenal. She you know, went out swinging for her kids to, to have to witness all of that really, you know, ends her life in, in, in the viewer's eyes. Cause she could see that the, the flicker of light kind of went out in her eyes when she saw her kid get shot in the back of the, uh, of the house. So she was like, all right, I'm not getting out of here. And then her husband is screaming cause he sees the, the place going up in flames. And so what we can do is we can kind of just talk broadly about the, the leaf and his crew because they, as as well organized as these Danes are, Josh, and as badass as they look, they they they're not very good at their job. It, it felt like a very easy, you know, get in, get out, extraction, call up, you know, Chris Hemsworth and and see if you can get him in and out, like the the new Netflix movie. But man, he he kind of botched it, right? I feel like everyone except for like him and the main woman died. Yeah, they they had the weaponry over over the other side as well they had the people they had they they ambushed them they they know they were coming and they botched it completely and um there was a lot of carnage in this episode the most carnage that we've seen we thought that last episode that last scene was going to be the bloodiest and most violent part of the season not even close to what we saw here just bullets i would say a good 20 minutes 15 20 minutes straight of just bullets flying ricochets people getting shot silent you know camera camera pans and then more shooting when you didn't know um i mean earlier in the episode when uh, darren's father is in the in the bathroom stall with the bullet in him and and, and, and we see the other danish guy kind of moving the gun around kind of to see if he can shoot you know around there we we're not even going to talk about the 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 poor man at the pub who got shot for no good reason i mean uh. these danes are just are just vile creatures that we we still don't even really know their connection to all of this. We don't know why they were hired to to do this. We just know that they're somewhat connected to Javon, and they don't mess around. You texted me. The Danes don't fuck around, Josh, and no, they do not. It was uh, it was an episode that didn't really have too many um, like caveats to it. It was pretty straightforward. Right. It was pretty easy to understand. So I can ask you, you know, a couple basics. What was your favorite scene from the episode? I would say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the whole entire shootout together yep. as like a scene. And I think that that was my favorite scene because I think it's very hard to do those shootouts well because like they're kind of cliche sometimes. But I think that when, they're, when, when you're still shocked throughout it all, you don't know who's going to die. You don't, you don't know who's going to live. The fact that like almost everybody died, the, that everybody died in that scene is believable because like it would have been unbelievable if someone got, got out alive, especially Darren's father. I was waiting for him to, to die finally. Like <laughs> he finally died. Like that's the one thing. 
that's the one quibble I have with the episode is that he was alive after getting shot like for like how long? Yeah, so he was he was, was a bit of a cockroach day. in this season. Yeah. Um, I, I did write that it was the only uh, unrealistic part of this whole season so far has been the fast and furious element of Finney, who seemed to never be able to die. He escaped yeah, the trailer mortal. park he's massacre. Yeah. And then his right-hand man, Mal, which was my favorite scene of the episode, he takes like 14 bullets to the chest, but still has the willpower to, to flick off the top of the grenade and jump and throw the backpack and then you see the slow motion explosion it was unreal was, watching their bodies awesome. explode right i mean i love when he when he even though it was kind of unrealistic for him to be able to to get it off whatever we're gonna let that slide but the tossing of the grenade and them their their reaction the the dane's reaction to seeing the grenade when they kind of look at each other like oh fuck we gotta run and that explosion and we see the body explode you and I, I texted you the body exploding. It's just, I said, I said the cinematography was amazing in that scene. And that's why it was my favorite scene because the, the cinematography was A1 throughout the whole entire, uh, throughout the whole entire episode, um, throughout the whole entire show so far. Yep. I would but, say that. Uh, it's just, it was just a great, great episode. I think that the, the, the two minute stretch from when we figure out that all of those patrons in the general store are actually planters, they're all right. Danish. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, Darren is coming in from the yard and he sees his dad and then his dad turns around and they all come from the bushes. That was one of the, the coolest scenes of TV in 2020 for me. Definitely, I mean, these, it's, it's like crazy how choreographed and scripted and planned they were for this one person. And, and it makes me wonder. Why is why are they going after Darren so meticulously and so hard? And what I said to you is that if they were connected to Asif, is that Asif is the one who carried out the killing for Finn. This is a prediction, everybody. So this is not anything that we know. If if Asif is the one who carried out the hit, that he wanted also Darren to be off the face of the earth so that no one would ever know who killed Finn Wallace because Darren is some nobody. And if he's killed off, then who's gonna know that who's gonna who's gonna know who who killed Finn? And it's just going to be a giant question mark forever. And it'd be, it'd be kind of like a disappearing act. And that is what I think Asif's goal is or whoever wanted, whoever wanted Finn Wallace dead. Yeah, so I, uh, I do want to say right now that, you know, having a little bit of technical difficulties on Zoom. So you're going to have to spare us a little bit there. But I, I think I, I 100% understand what Josh is saying. And I think it's, it's correct. No matter who was in charge of the hit, it was the matter of fact that they're just trying to clean up you know, the loose ends, but right. why such a certain, like, you don't have to go to a, that certain of an, ex, like, an extent to do it. You don't have to send a 50-person armada, and, and clearly people who are fighting with their hearts instead of their heads, because that woman who came in and just destroyed Evie, yeah. they could have gotten information out of her, but because, and it was so ironic. This is the part that I kind of want to, you know, wrap up the, the, the conscious stream of mind about it, because it was so ironic that these people were going to go in and murder all of these innocents, Evie and her family, and then the woman, the Danish woman, is going to feel like the victim because all of her, you know, family, quote unquote, whoever was a part of that crew, usually, you know, you feel like they're part of your family. They all got decimated because they were going and killing people that they didn't need to kill. So it was like that full circle. And I did not feel bad for the Danish woman for one second. 
not, I, I don't feel bad for the people at all. I feel bad for the innocent people that died for no reason for this dumb idiot, Darren, who did something that's not even related to them. And they were doing him a favor. They were doing uh, his father a favor. He was going to go on that boat and, and get carried out and whatever got, and, and be gone forever and not be traced anymore. But they didn't think they were housing him for. I just feel bad for those people. It always sucks when you see innocent people in a show die. And they, they, they did a great job of kind of playing the innocent people. Wait, you killed Finn Wallace? Like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, they made it believable how crazy it was that they were, that, that they were actually doing this for him. So I feel bad for all those people that died. And I, I really want these Danes to, to get what's coming for them, to be honest. They, they deserve it. They're, they're, they're evil. They're evil people. But they're just mercenaries. So that brings us back to the beginning. So Leaf is the leader. He's the, the captain. And he's the one that we heard someone say, Leaf, come up for dinner or something. And he's like, yes, mom. So he's the one that is harboring Floriana. So all of this was ordered by Javon. So Javon had to had some sort of mole inside the Wallace organization. Maybe Alex, because we know he has a good relationship with him, who maybe Alex inadvertently let it slip or something that Finn was going out to, you know, Albania town in London and that's how it all got in. And then he figured it out. I'm sure we're going to have one episode that explains and cracks it all open for us. We've got about, what, four more. Six, seven, eight, nine. And in the next three episodes are directed by our boy, Xavier Johns. So I'm, I'm ready, Xavier. I'm ready for you to blow me out of the water with episode six. The one thing that if you guys listen to our interview with Xavier uh, on, the, on the Apple pod or the, the Spotify pod or the Anchor pod, uh, he said, we asked him. Should, should we expect people to be off limits? Should we expect, expect people to be safe? And he said, no one is safe. I am anticipating that we're not going to get not only one, not only two, but at least three very important characters that are going to be axed out of the show. Because if he said no one is safe, then no one is safe. And I totally believe that. He said there's going to be a lot of blood, a lot of violence, a lot of carnage. I, I'm, I'm excited for these next three episodes. And I'm really hoping that people will get what's coming to them. Um, and I'm really hoping that we get some some tying up of the loose ends of the Floriana plotline because I have a lot of questions about that and and what the connection is with the Danes and Leif and being being housed there and I do I do like like your take that Alex could be an inadvertent mole for Javon or even Ed or even Ed could be an an, an inadvertent mole and he he's the kind of guy that we think is is almost someone who would never let something slip but I think that it would be dramatic irony to see him to have him be the one who is kind of the person to let everything slip and had everything be kind of fucked in the end. I'm still very like disappointed in myself that I didn't do more background because it's just so hard. I don't want to do any more research. So I just assumed right. that this review was correct, that Javon was the son. I'm like, that's, there's no way the mayor was clean shaven, the dude running for mayor. So I, I have to assume that Javon works for Asif because we saw something in the previous episode that kind of connected the two of them when Asif called, didn't Asif call Javon and say, hit the, the Wallaces with something big, or is that him calling his son? I don't really remember. I don't remember that. either. I have to kind of go back and maybe we'll, we'll go back and watch. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll read some of the plot lines of, of the other episodes because it won't be ruined if ruining it for us. But um I do think he's connected to Asif in some way. Um, definitely, definitely so. 
and it wouldn't be surprising at all, and it, it would make total sense, and it would make the plot kind of go along even further in that way that Asif is exactly who we think he is. All right, so let's go to the, the, the scene right before Leaf calls his boss, and the boss tells him we have one more target. We'll speculate on the target in a second, but what did you think of that, that boardwalk scene? I thought it was phenomenal. I really had no idea what was going to happen. Obviously, we knew that Kenny, the father, was going to die, but I really thought Darren was going to escape. I thought, I thought Darren was going to escape as well. I thought it was going to be that, you know, happy ending for him. He, he's safe, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it was perfect that it, it ended up the way that, that it was, which is why I said earlier this episode that, you know, it, I thought if, if anybody escaped, it would have been super unrealistic. And this, yep. what, this is what made it so realistic that I loved how this kind of carried out. Obviously, I don't love the killing of people unless they're, unless they're evil, like, like, like some of these Danes. But I thought it was great to kind of leave people get leave the audience guessing on oh he made it out safe but then he actually never did. The the only thing that I had trouble connecting with our our main character of this mini movie was I never felt any sort of empathy for Darren. He was yeah. too much of a bumbling idiot. He was too you know sh- struck and frozen in fear and despair and that's why his dad was like freaking out with him what about when darren pulled the gun on his dad that i mean that last 10 minutes really took the episode to another level i know you were texting me during the gunfight and you said there's got to be something else that's huge for this to be this episode that's got such high reviews and i think that's the problem with hyping up an episode beforehand like imagine if you were to watch game of thrones and you looked at every episode's review the scoring before you watched it you would expect maybe a little bit more, except for the few episodes that did deliver at the end. I think the problem with this one is that our expectations were a little high. I thought it delivered, not 9.6 for IMDb. That's, I mean, you got to put that in elite territory when you're in an episode that's like that. We're talking about like end of Breaking Bad, Hank versus Walt level, like, you know, intensity but it was it was incredible and i really liked the last 10 minutes with them escaping and the just the dad trying to do everything possible for his son was really good yeah i think what 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 made it a 9.6 was the cinematography as we were talking like the the directing and the ability to to not use any of the of the main characters really and make this kind of great episode but then also the ability to tie it to the plot like this, like you're watching this and you're saying, what significance does this have? And then little do you know that it, it probably has the most significance out of any episode that we've watched in this season. I think that that's what makes it the 9.6 was all of those elements and then tying it directly into the main plot. And so I, I don't disagree that it was a, it was an amazing episode. Maybe not 9.6. I'd give it like, I'd give it in the nines though, because it was just directed phenomenally. It was acted phenomenally and just, super super well done and i guess because we're, we're kind of wrapping this this episode up um and we find out who in that reveal who that who that last that there's another target who do you think that next target is because I, I i don't know i think it's alex i uh i don't know i just have the feeling that you know Javon was buttering him up he it could be ed though for the same reason where he wants alex to join the you know the elite club but ed was very you know hesitant and although i i really don't think we're gonna lose ed this season i'm not getting that vibe i'm getting the vibe that he's gonna stay with us as like the veteran presence but it could be him i I, i'm really thinking it's one of those two 
I'll tell you what, the whole episode, I never thought like, ooh, where's Alex or where's Elliot or where's Sean? I was so enthralled in this plot line. It was so well done. It's basically this show did a spinoff in the middle of its first season and landed it. That's so rare for that to happen that we basically just had a spinoff of Gangs of London that could have been a whole season long. This one episode really could have been dragged along for a six episode you know, plot. And instead they did it in an hour. And and it carried more weight than the ninety minute pilot did, in my opinion. I agree. I think I, as I said before, I'm going to repeat myself because I think it's so brilliantly done. The ability to do, as you said, a bottle episode, which uh, is really hard to do, to be able to do a bottle episode and then have it tie back together to the main plot and essentially not even be a bottle episode is just brilliantly done. And so I I did like this episode as kind of like the midway point of 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 the first season. But I'm going to go ahead and make a very, very, very bold prediction on who I think that next target is. Hit me. I think, I think it's going to be Jack. I think it's going to be Jack Wallace. Because I don't think that the show would introduce that character. Oh, the sister. If it didn't, if it didn't have a really big significance. Because it seems like these people want to hit the Wallace family went like, like even harder. And we saw the relationship that Sean had with her and that she's, he's going to be an uncle. It's a very, very, very bold prediction. But I do think that she might be the next target to oh. really hit home at the Wallace's core. What do you think about that one? I think that's that a would great, be awful. That's a great call. I really want her to have the baby first. Then I yes. would, I would be, I would be very, very, very upset if she I, does awful, not have the awful. baby. Yeah. But these people. But are Game brutal. of Thrones did it. They don't care. Game of exactly. Thrones. They don't did care. It. They don't care. Exactly. And as Xavier John said, no one's safe. And if he said no one's safe, and if I, I God forbid, a, a unborn baby is dead, oh my God, that would be awful. But I'm just saying, I think that these people are brutal. They're 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 vile creatures, and they they don't care. They don't have any remorse. It's like it's it's business over anything else. Okay, so I'm gonna put out this plea. Please correct me and let me know who Javon is in relation to the story, because clearly I made a mistake there. But I don't know who he is. We just know he's an elite. But do not give us any spoilers from after episode five. I'm probably going to watch episode six today. I'm very excited for Xavier Johns' debut in the, uh, in the TV world. We talked to him about how his movies are a lot about, you know, hiding from the apocalypse, hiding from this. So I wonder if the Wallaces are going to be in a situation where they have to hide from the Danes, something like that to keep in the genre, you know, setting for Johns. But We'll see. Uh, you see what I did there? The genre for genres. I like that. I I'm like going like to end that. on that. I think I finished. I, I started on a terrible note this episode, and I think I ended on a solid one. Look, we're not perfect. This is, this is, this is the beauty of watching things live and not really knowing what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't really get any description on who Javon is, so I don't think it's wrong of you to not really understand who exactly he is. But, and we also want to apologize for any technical difficulties that we had during this episode. We're, we've been doing these episodes via Zoom because we're quarantining and uh, there's the recording feature on Zoom. So it's not always perfect, our, our uh, Wi-Fi connection. So we apologize if, if there were any technical difficulties. We're, we're trying to pump out content for you guys during this quarantine. And we, uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it because we're, we're loving this show a lot. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to get back into our, you know, caves and try to watch the next few episodes so that we can catch up with everyone who has buzzed through it. We're trying to go a little slower so that the, the, the casual viewer doesn't feel, you know, overwhelmed because we just flew out nine episodes of it. We want to kind of take our time. We want to draw it through. And so if you want to tell anyone about this Patreon, 
I would really appreciate it. Just get one person during this quarantine that you know to join us on this adventure, and we would be much appreciative. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was episode five, the bottle episode of Gangs of London. We're excited to jump back with the Wallaces. I did notice there's not a next week on for on what, how we're watching it. So we are going in completely blind to those you know, who may be watching it on Sky Atlantic who do have a next week on. So I'll tell you next episode on Gangs of London for Peaky Blind, for By Order of the Peaky Blinders is going to be a whale of a shrine to Xavier Jeans if he does it right. Because a friend to the pod is a friend to us. Thanks so much for listening. For Josh, I'm Daniel. We binge, so you don't have time.